Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. New series, Count Your Blessings. A series on family, finances, and thanksgiving. This is the, our text, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray. Father, we understand that you surrounded us with so many benefits, blessings that are countless. We can go on and on, and we're going to find only joy, peace, and no place for worries and anxiety because your blessings have reached us every single day of our lives. So God, today I pray that as we dive in your word, let the powerful, inerrant, infallible word of God find a fruitful that bears much, much fruit soil in our hearts. So today, God, let us bear the fruit of thanksgiving as we realize how many blessings you have surrounded us. And the church said, Amen and Amen. Psalm 103, verse 2, Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How I'm going to actually give thanks always. How is this is it even possible? Like things are not going as I had planned in 2020. News for you, right? It's awesome the fact that God did or allow things happen like it happened because now we can look at back and say yeah God I'm not God you are God you're still on the throne and I loved what I heard this week it doesn't matter who is in office it matters is who is in the throne and God is in the throne he's still sovereign he's still in control but I, I still not feel excited or encouraged pastor to give thanks in the midst of everything that seems that is running out of my control that's why James chapter 1 verse 2 the apostle said count it all joy all yes all in the translation from the word all in Greek means all when you go to Hebrews you're gonna find the translation for all in Hebrews means all so in everything you should just count reasons for Thanksgiving come on somebody give a good amen in the house my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds I'm gonna actually count for joy even when I face trials for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing now we get to, to get to this place I was talking with my dad yesterday and as a farmer he had a bad uh, last two months uh, because one of his farms, pretty much like 70% of the farm, had a wildfire that just consumed everything in the farm. And he was pretty depressed, and he's talking to him. I said that there is no way to get depressed right now. Because when you look around and try to see how many blessings there be, countless around you. Like one, one single problem. Tell me how many problems do you have in your life? Let me see. Wildfire, burning the farm. Uh, let me find another problem. 
there's no other problem. Okay, now try to count how many blessings. I have all my children serving the Lord. I have grandchildren getting married yesterday, which, by the way, I married my niece. I have all my family serving God, and I actually have health right now in the midst of all this pandemic. I'm here strong in health. And let me count more blessings, and I'm going to start to count and count without ever reaching to an end. So, yes, maybe you have one, two, three, maybe one handful of problems, but try to count the blessings, and you're going to find so many reasons to glorify God. God plan our family to follow this right formula of thanksgiving and gratefulness. You know, that's the secret for us to get rid of all these worries and all this burden that's depressing you. There's one word that today I want to put in your lap, and I want you to practice because these are going to be our ABC for family success. Today, I want to give you this important word that in Greek it is aleilon. Say after me, aleilon. Now you know one Greek word that it, for in English and Portuguese and Spanish is two words, which means one another. And now I like the fact that in, in Greek is only one word because it means that it's a beautiful illustration of one word that represents the unity of two or more people doing the same thing together. It shows up more than 94 times in the New Testament. And one another is for us to enjoy the blessings of God. The letter A of the ABC of family success today is to be accountable. Say accountable. Now you're going to use this A in every single relationship in your life. And you're going to be focusing and running towards success. Actually, we use this ABC in our courtship talk here in our church as vine church we believe that the youth of our church can be in love come on somebody say amen the youth of our church can enjoy their uh, uh, youth you know as uh, people that walks in holiness and we always give them this abc as well which by the way holds the same meaning it's accountability but accountability to one another in the family makes more sense every family should abide in the truth transparency there is no greater responsibility than that. Nothing can stand against the truth. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. He says, for we cannot do anything against the truth. Look how powerful it is. This actually deserves a Twitter today in your social media. But only for the truth. Nothing can stand against the truth. But only for the truth. A successful megachurch pastor, he was asked, and I was in this conference, what was the secret to involve, to get engaged all his three boys into ministry? Now they are all young adults and all of them are into ministry. And this pastor answered very wisely. He says, before I tried to play the pastor's image, I showed my boys what was real Christianity. No gimmicks, no gigs, just genuine Christianity. This is, speaks about transparency. I'm not, I'm not this dual character that plays somebody, somebody else's here in the stage and the house. I'm somebody else. No, no, I'm the same person. I have reality, spiritual reality. The first principle in what God intended for every couple is that transparency, accountability, no lies, no secrets, no, no hidden rooms or, or somebody else's that is taking my heart. No, there is nothing that I will hide from you. Amen. I'm walking in nakedness and there's no shame on me. Genesis chapter 2, 25 
God says the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. There was no uh, reason to be ashamed. There is no guilt. There is no sense of shame. They were transparent. And we know what happened when sin came in and when they tried to hide from one another. The number one thing they did was trying to cover themselves. The second thing was pointing fingers. So it's always the same way. When there is no transparency, accountability inside of our homes, it doesn't work out. You're not going to build in the solid foundation. Nothing can stand against the truth but for the truth. Now, I don't mean without clothing or covering here, but I mean that we should have no space for lies or secret inside of our marriages, inside of our families. I think this also works between relationship parents and children as well. Like parents that sometimes still treating their middle schoolers, high schoolers as they are little kids, they might actually build uh, something wrong and untrust because now, you know, like my boys, they, they held for years this superhero infallible image about myself. Until they step in middle school and they start to, you know, see myself as a person. They become aware of reality. And now they found some mistakes and we start to talk about these failures and limitations that any human being has. And we start to build our relationship in the truth, in the reality. I didn't want to prevent my children to know the reality of things. For later, create a curiosity in themselves to, see, to search for the answers of their questions with the next YouTuber influencer. No, no, no. I will be the main influencer of my boys. Why? Because we are building our relationship in trust. Like they tested my words and they saw that my words, even when I had mistakes, I don't hide from them. I don't, uh, you know, put it aside, but actually expose and say, this is who I am and I'm struggling with that. And now together as a family, we're going to overcome this together. And because of that, my, my children, they learn to trust my words. When I say something, it has weight. They take it in consideration. Where? The light of the truth shines. There is no place for darkness. And what is the sad reality of the world? Is the reality that I actually shared a few days ago of a son that came to his dad and said, Hey, dad, I heard that in parts of the world, the husband only knows his wife on the day of the wedding. And the father saying, No, my son, in the world, this always happens everywhere. It's sad, but I hope that this is not your reality. For those that are in courtship or thinking in relationship, don't hide things. Courtship, it's used for you to get to know each other in reality. I remember per personally my experience. Me and my wife, we decided when we were courting, when we were dating, uh, we were just exchanging letters for uh, pretty much five weeks, a month and a half, pretty much. And yes, the old school written on paper letters, not, not emails, not text message, not social media, paper uh, letters. And we could only exchange one letter per week. That's our, our deal to know each other. I, I knew her since I was 12 years old. Like we were pretty much uh, middle school uh, sweethearts, but we didn't like each other. We were pretty much enemies. Good friends are good enemies when they're a kid, right? That's how it is. 
So now we were in love. We have, you know, romance in the air. We were just like uh, drunk with our feelings and said, no, no, no. We have to put it aside this and really reveal who we are. And this is my experience. We start to write our letters to one another every week. Exchange was such an awesome moment to exchange the letters. But I, I was noticing that I was not reaching my goal. I, I, I noticed that she, I, I was not honest enough. I was not able to really translate who I was through the letter. So I actually asked my best friend, now today is a pastor in the capital of Brazil, Brasilia, Pastor Bruno. I asked Bruno, look, I need your help this week. I will not write my letter to Ju, and I want you to write a letter in my place. Like you're going to, you know, really tell her who I am because we are exchanging these thoughts and we needed, really need to be honest to one another. So I asked him to do that, like she surprisingly received a letter from Bruno instead of me. I didn't know what was in the letter until next week came, and she did not reply my phone calls, <laughs> my letter, my approach. And I said, is this really my best friend? What did he do? <laughs> I got so mad at him. I said, man, what did you write? He said, man, I just did what you asked. I just told her who you are. And I said, finally, she's getting to the point, but I was really mad at him, honestly. And anyways, actually, almost two weeks later, we start to talk again. And she really opened up her heart that after that letter, she was thoughtful, not emotionally, but thoughtful of what was the deal she was getting into. And it was very important for us, that solid foundation, because we built in a way that we allow the light of Jesus come in, even when there are mistakes. I dare to say, even when there are sins. Look what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1. It says, but if we walk in the light, follow up with me, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with a lilon, with one another, one in one. That's the perfect translation, one with one. Like we, we are becoming closer in, in unity because we allow the light of Jesus shine inside of our relationship. But look, pay attention. I'm not talking about perfection here that we don't, you know, have uh, everything is uh, set it up and organized. No, no, no. Even when there are problems, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. However, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Come on, somebody. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So you see that the problem is not have, have no sin. Or have no mistakes and flaws. No, the problem is to have no light. The problem is to have no transparency, no accountability. That's the problem. But when we allow this light shine inside, the blood of Jesus cleans us from all unrighteousness. Come on. I, I want my family be, be built up, founded on the righteousness of Christ. A few years ago, Several staffers at National Science Foundation in Washington, D.C. were investigated for using inappropriate websites on government computers at work. So the boss spent, one boss of this department spent 
331 days chatting online with naked women. And this was reported by the news at the time. But more than that, he spent $58,000 from us, from the taxpayers. But he was not able to recognize the problem. Actually, when he was caught, he said that he was not wasting the money of the government. Actually, he said, by clicking on these various sites, I'm actually providing the way of living for these women. These women were from poor countries and needed to make money. So I helped them to support their parents and their kids. I'm actually was doing a generous act. Look how deceiving it is. It's exactly what the Bible says in 1 John. If you don't say, I have a sin, I have a problem. If you don't allow the light of, shine, of, of Jesus shining inside, there is no forgiveness. There is no redemption. There is no righteousness coming toward you. But if you recognize, yes, I have an addiction. I have a horrible habit. I need help here. Honey, I really need your help. And I need to be accountable to you. Like, husband, I need you to really have access in all my social media because I don't want to be teased or I don't want to exchange bad words in social media anymore. Help me so I can stand in the righteousness that Christ has for me. Now, this is important you to understand because we live in a generation of people that are so self selfish. So isolated, individualistic, mainly right now with all this push of six feet apart. That everybody now expanded a little bit more uh, space on their small individual bubbles. Now nobody enters in my bubble because I don't want to show who I really am. But without this light inside, you will not be successful inside of your marriage, inside of your parenting relationship, inside any relationship. James chapter 5 verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. First John, the apostle, keep it there for me. First John, the apostle John tells us to confess our sins to the Lord. To be honest to Jesus. To allow his light shine inside. But James, press deeper or press harder in the point here. That's good. It is important. Clean your heart before God. But now James says a little bit. A little bit more. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Say, be healed. Everybody says, be healed. Look, you have to understand that there are some problems that can only be healed only if you confess to one another. Obviously, I'm not speaking, I'm not talking to you. It's talk with the first person in the corner of the street. I'm talking to the context of family. Yes, Pastor, but it's still hard. The subject is very hurtful. I don't know, but let me tell you something. That's why we are a life group-based church. That's why we are a relationship-focused church. We believe that when you are connected, linked with some people, you're going to have this environment of constant healing available for you. So really plug yourself into your life group. Find a leader, a disciple, a pastor to open up your heart. Maybe you need a mediator in this marriage situation. But please, please be accountable. Letter A, be accountable. This week, among some terrible news we received this week, there was one most sad for me above everything else. 
a great pastor, influencer here in our, in our nation, very successful church planter. I had the, the privilege to actually visit one of his churches in, in New York, uh, had a failure, had a moral failure. And I don't know if you had time to really investigate that, but I'm actually going to quote his words right now. And I want you to really take in consideration the problem of not being accountable. Look what he wrote, quote, I did not do an adequate job of protecting my own spirit, refilling my own soul, and reaching out for the readily available help that was and is available. When you lead out of an empty place, you make choices that have real and painful consequences. I was unfaithful in my marriage, the most important relationship in my life, and held accountable for that. Now, he ends, I pray you can forgive me and that over time I can live a life where trust is earned again. I don't know what was the whole details of the moral failure, but I think with myself and I really worry about my own soul. If I'm not placing myself as pastor, as the person on the stage, to be suddenly this out of touch, this, again, COVID time, contactless, right, touchless person. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. I will get into your six feet area, and I'm allowing you to get inside of my six feet environment as well. Okay, you're not going to contaminate me. You're going to protect me. And I give you allowance to do that. That's why I invite people not to meet me on my office. I invite people to meet me in my living room. And actually, that's why I make sure that my kids are here in the church. I make sure that my marriage is here. Open up. So there is no hidden closet for you. I want to be an open book pastor because I know this is not about just being how can I say, public with my life. This is about being protective. Protective about my family. Those that I love the most. So remember, it is much, much better to confess temptation than to confess sin. It's much better. So make yourself accountable. Let her be, let her be for our ABC of successful family. Bless one another. This is the whole goal. This is the whole focus. Like Trenton says, the bull's eye, the, the target where I am in. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7. The wise said, again, well, I saw vanity under the sun, verse 8. One person who has no other, either son or brother. Yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied. With riches, so that he never asks, For whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This is also chasing after the wind. This is haka. It is a mist. It's just fog. It's just, it's just a mist. You are chasing after the wind. This is only vanity. There is nothing there if you are not sharing what you are looking for. There is nothing more satisfying for a mother than to nurture her child. There is nothing more satisfying for a father than to provide to his family. 
a husband selflessly loving his wife, a wife willingly serving her husband. We were wired to share. In life, without sharing, it's meaningless. And like the wise said in Ecclesiastes, it is an unhappy business. It is a very unsatisfying business. That's why in the very few red letters of Jesus' words in the book of Acts, I don't know if you understand this, but we have the four Gospels, and then we have the story of the early church in the fourth book, or the sequence, or the next chapter of Jesus' movement, which is the book of Acts. So in the very few red letters words of Jesus in the book of Acts, we find one in the very end of the book, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Which when I was reading again this passage, I was impressed because I try, and today with technology, we can simply search some specific words in the rest of the Bible. And I couldn't find these words in, in all the four Gospels. I could find similar thoughts and teachings, but not these precise words. And this is what Paul said when he was saying goodbye to the church of Ephesus. He says, remember, remember, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said it. And now he opens a quote. He opens a quotation. And this quotation you're not going to find in any of the, the four Gospels. Maybe there was, this was an internal between apostles. This is like just few people got that. Like this is not written anywhere. This is very special I'm going to tell you. Because I heard this directly from the other apostles. Like all the 11 came to me and said, let Come over here, Paul. Now that you're joining the group, now that you're getting inside of the small clique of apostles, let me, let me get something that we couldn't actually put it down on words in any of the Gospels. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Now, now, it's hard to truly grasp that because now it's almost like there. It's almost like a challenge for us. Like how, how you dare to say that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Try to tell this to your five, seven years old boy and kid. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Come on, are you serious? No, I don't believe that. But you probably experienced that in a certain level. Giving and sharing is the most satisfying sensation and feeling inside of our hearts. Actually, the Portuguese in the Spanish translation, instead of the word more blessed, it uses the word Happy or bem-aventurado. Now, it is more happy. Well, let me compare the two words now because the wise of Ecclesiastes, he said that if I have nobody to share, I live a life of unhappy business. But now Jesus says there is a very happy, satisfying business. It is giving, always giving. Giving support, giving provision, giving pleasure, giving protection, giving encouragement always giving giving money i will give as much as the lord allows me and blesses me i want to be a open channel where god can always pour more because always you're going to flow through my life our church fine church we don't want you to give to our church you want you have to understand that you give through our church more than almost 20 percent of all your givings doesn't stay here it just passed through us to bless other missionaries' endeavors as church we are connected with. Let us see. Let me close this message with you guys this morning. Let us see. We are called 
to proclaim Christ. In the courtship context, for those that are single in the house, I remember that the way that I built my relationship with my dating, uh, at the time, my dating girl or my courtship girl, was we were friends for years, friends, enemies for years. And now we were in college age. And uh, our church uh, was just lacking uh, uh, youth. So we were looking for reaching out more young adults or college age students. So we decided to open together a life group. Um, we, I, had, I was so far successful with teenager. She was extremely successful with the, with the kids and middle schoolers, preteens. And now we challenge each other as, as friends. What about we step into these unknown shadows, like unknown waters that we never led before, we never tried before. Let's try to lead young adults together. And we opened together these college students' life groups. Only in this context of responding God's calling, the angel of the Lord that the world calls Cupid <laughs> opened my eyes. And in the same time, opened her eyes. And now in this beautiful context of fulfilling our calling, we're not, we now had more than just the souls, but we had our hearts in the play, now in the game, involved. It is so good when you have the understanding that the person you are looking to live the rest of your life, it's not there just to satisfy you, but it's placed in your life so you can bless that person, you can really protect that person. But above all, God's purpose, pay attention to what I'm saying, God's design called you both to be together. Uh, in other words, the, the purpose of God is greater than my selfish, uh, empty, uh, and always chasing after uh, identity heart. No, no, no. I'm really looking to fulfill God's purpose. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. Two will withstand him. And then the, the beautiful and one of the most quoted verses in weddings is a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. So my nephews, they came to me and they asked me, Chihafa, can you please double nod and tie my shoes? Like double nod, tie my shoes. But if you understand tying shoes, you understand that first, if you have the first nod, it's just putting order the ties, right? So this is the first nod. Now you're doing the second nod that usually, uh, you know, kids of five, four years old, they are very, you know, hard to get in. But if I really want them to go play soccer ball and don't, you know, trip in their ties, what, they, what you have to do is to make the, what they call the double nod. It's actually the third nod. Now, now this third nod, it's not easily broken. Now, let me explain what is the third nod here through the, bow, through the mouth of the wise in Ecclesiastes. It is Jesus. Christ is the third nod. Jesus 
is a string that allows the cord to be together. And that's why it's so important that in your weekdays, not your Sundays or weekend conversation, but your weekdays, you put Christ always within your conversation. Whatever you are doing, whatever is the subject, politics, my son's grade in math, whatever if you guys are watching Star Wars in the TV, or if you now are following up this whole, you know, teenager crisis, just put again the strand that tie everything together, Christ Jesus. And when we do this, when you really remind your family that the whole purpose of us being together, it is to proclaim Christ. Now you are aiming success. I love this verse. I probably quote this verse more than any other here during 2020. 1 Peter 2.10. But you are a chosen race. You are God's people. You are a holy nation. A people for his own possession. That you may, you may proclaim. We exist. This is the whole goal. We exist to proclaim the excellencies of him. Who call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Every family should realize that as family, we are the most tangible representation of the love of God. It is very important. I remember this context. Like I have one aunt just visiting us a few months ago. And... I had by chance just listening one of her conversation with her family in Brazil. And her family was asking, what are you doing? Are you visiting, you know, the rubber Mickey Mouse? Are you doing anything in the swamps of Florida? What are you doing? And she says, the only thing I do here is church, church, church. And in the evening, usually I go to the church. <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about. She's laughing loud. And, but honestly, we're not doing church because we only have a Sunday service in the church building. We don't have anything else in the church. Probably we only meet here on this building called church building, church facility on Sundays. But she was calling our hanging out, our family gatherings. Everything she was saying is just church, church, church. I only sing gospel music. It's all about, you know, what God is doing here. I, I, I cannot, I, I have no option here. Interestingly, uh, I know that Elia is leading a women's life group, and this aunt of mine now miss no life group. She's always there, virtually, but she's always there. She still enjoys the church, church, church thing that she was talking about. God, trying to illustrate his amazing law for us, decided to call himself this figure this character and he places this character in a very intimate way look what he says in first john chapter 3 verse 1 see what kind of love the father has given to us now this is the name that jesus came to review keep it this verse for me please Rachel. this is the name that jesus said in this name i keep the disciples this is how we're going to pray, disciples, our Father in heaven. You're not going to call Almighty God, El Shaddai, oh, distant God, ready to punish me. No, no, you're going to call Him Father. Look 
what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. But we know Him. But the father in child imagery was not enough. So now he used another illustration. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints. And members of the household of God. I'm not only an adopted child. I actually was born in the household of God. However... There is no stronger symbol than the bride and the bridegroom. Now, I know that it's, it's hard to say, but uh, honestly, at the end of the day, the children, I was thinking on my in-law, my brother-in-law and my sister, Juliana, that yesterday they were kissing goodbye to their beautiful daughter, right? The baby Bruna was flying out of the nest. And I was wondering about that. When this was going to happen to me? What are going to be left behind? What are going to be left behind would be the love that I have for my wife and her love for me. And that's why the ultimate symbol that actually all the apostles use. And we're going to see in the very last chapter of our Bibles. This is the symbol. We're not going to only be part of the household. not going to be only children of God. Okay, listen with good ears. We're going to marry divinity. We're going to be so close to him that we're going to marry divinity. For the husband, Ephesians chapter 5, is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands... Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Let's always stand up this morning. Accountability. Bless one another. Call to proclaim Christ. I want to build my family in a strong, solid foundation that will promote the success of my children. That are going to lead me to fulfill the purpose Oh God, I want that to my house. And I know as I spoke to you, the Holy Spirit testify some important alignments you have to do in the communication inside of your marriage. Some of you actually felt that bear witnessing that you have to really start to talk with your children, not any more as kids, but like little, little children, but as part of the family as part of the household maybe the Holy Spirit just testified and brought that conviction that it's time for you to prioritize Christ in every conversation in every subject in every 
matter 